Good morning. This is my last sermon for the year. Yeah, I can't believe this. Uh, we are going to talk about people Jesus commanded. I thought last week's sermon was excellent. And, um, and I hope that you will be uh, blessed by today's sermon too. Uh, I put three passages there, uh, even though we are actually going to look at the Luke passage. Uh, Mary and Martha uh, were mentioned three times, and only three times in the Bible, and uh, twice in John. And I want to read it for you. Let's start uh, by reading God's Word together. Now, as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister, Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. But only one thing is necessary. For Martha has chosen the good part, and we shall not be taken away from her. You know, uh, there is nothing difficult about this text, right? It's only five verses. Jesus entered Martha's home uh, as her guest. Uh, Mary responded in a certain way, and then Martha reacted in another way. That's all there is. You know, but, you know, if the story had ended uh, differently, like Jesus, in reaction to Martha's agitation, said, all right, all right, let's take a break. Okay, we will continue after dinner. I, Susanna, uh, Mary Magdalene, Martha, let's uh, go to the kitchen to help Martha. And it would have been okay. But it was not like that. Martha, Jesus compared Mary to Martha. And this simple story then has caused, has confused and frustrated me because Jesus made that comparison. He commented on Mary's chores and then he commended on Mary's choice. And when Jesus uh, compared one sister with the other, my urge is to take sides. And I tell you on which side I'm on. Mother's side. Uh, and this is the difficulty. I've been struggling with this for quite some time, even though I'm very familiar with this passage. Well, uh, because Martha is always uh, talked about with Mary, their sisters, we have to start with Martha. All right, let's... Uh, th well, by the way, these are the three passages. Um, and I, I, I put this slide because I, I want to make an observation that uh, Jerusalem and Bethany uh, is very close. And every time Jesus passed through Bethany, uh, he preferred to stay with Martha. I mean, th this is the impression I get. And so this is uh, a place he felt, Jesus felt safe, welcome, belong. All right? So this is a very, very special family to Jesus Anyway, let's introduce Martha. There are three things I observe about Martha. And in verse 38, verse 40, and verse 41, Martha welcomed him. You know, it's not like uh, Martha, uh, Jesus was in the home of so-and-so. No, Martha welcomed him into her home. The impression is that she's hospitable. And if I put Luke one to three is there because if you just turn a flip a few pages before that, you will know that Jesus, when he did his ministry from town to town, he had an entourage. Not just the 12 disciples. He men mentioned in the passage that many women traveled with him and they ministered to him and they provided for him. So uh, Mary Magdalene, Susanna, and Joanna, and they were, and many others. So my guess is that on that day, it wouldn't be just Jesus and the twelve. Possibly, there were others in Martha's place. 
hospitable. Number two, Luke 10, 40, the word mentioned is, uh, there was, Jesus said there was much serving. Uh, the impression I get is that she must be very generous, very big-hearted, and uh, to, to allow, to welcome a big group, knowing that there's a big group. She must be very, uh, you know, not just big-hearted, but hardworking as well. You know, I, I'm just estimating that, that she could be on that day preparing a meal for 20. Luke 10, 41 says, and, you know, you are busy with many things. Uh, the impression I get is that she is a very capable woman. Uh, not, you know, if you were to come to my house, uh, the Edwin hospitality is uh, fruits, but Eastern hospitality is food. And uh, she was handling many tasks at the same time. You know, preparing a big meal is a, is a big job. I want to help. I want you to understand, Martha. All right? It is a big job. Meals don't cook by themselves unless you go to 7-Eleven and you get one of those meals and you put in the microwave oven. But in those days, it's like that. Food must be bought and then they are washed. The ingredients have to be cut. They are prepared. Then they are cooked. Then they are arranged and then they are served. And after the meal... Uh, you have to get everything cleaned up. So uh, there's a lot to be done requiring hours of work and tons of effort. And Martha felt responsible. So do you like Martha? Of course we do. You know? Not everyone can sit in the living room to listen to the guests of honour. Someone has to be in the kitchen. Otherwise, everyone will starve. So I think that thoughts like this must have, uh, must have begun to go through Martha's mind and eventually it got into her skin. You know, so I, I feel that it's the same. Whether it's at work, in church or at home, we just feel that you know, we are together, it's a partnership, we're on the team, and uh, we do uh, sorry, Sorry, let me just go back. Okay, just stop there. I think we do feel that uh, we have to bear our share of the load. And when Martha, when Mary left the kitchen to be with the guests of honour, uh, I think she got a feeling that, hey, I'm not only the captain of the team, but the whole team is just me. And uh, I think it's natural for then her or anyone to resent uh, the fact that they're being let down at a time when, they are, when help is most needed. So, I think that's how Martha felt. Now, this is then what happened, all right? Martha was distracted with many things. Uh, let, me, let me see whether it doesn't look right, Okay. Doesn't look like. Let me just uh, feel my way. Okay, this is the one. Okay, we expect people to bear their share of the load. And now uh, I want you to look at Luke uh, ten forty. But Martha came to him and asked, "Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself?" Now you see, uh, in English, sometimes the literal meaning of the words differ from uh, well the. The actual meaning. So, if someone were to say, uh, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, uh, they really mean, sorry, I have to interrupt you. Can you please uh, move your car? Now, Paul likes to say, Elder Paul Lim likes to say this, you know, uh, I, sorry, I don't mean to be difficult. <laughs> now, but really what he means is that, sorry, I have to be difficult. We're not just going to rubber stamp this, let's discuss this. And then he will tell this to Rosalind all the time, sorry, I don't mean to be difficult, but, you know, I'm not just going to sign these checks without asking. And people have also said to me, Edwin, I, I'm not saying you are fussy, but what food don't you take? <laughs> now, I tell you, I know exactly what you mean. So, here you have Martha say, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Now, what she's saying is this, Lord, you don't care. 
Because if you did, you would have told Mary, Mary to go to the kitchen and help me. So she criticized uh, Jesus and she actually blamed Martha, uh, Mary. Jesus doesn't care and Mary wouldn't help. So that was, that was really uh, her heart. Okay? So I asked, uh, who is right? Who was right? Uh, was Mary, was Martha justified in what she said? Should Mary have sat with the guests while Martha scrambles in the kitchen? Uh, now, again, I have to say this, that I, like you, I think most of you, uh, we sympathize with Martha. Uh, but let's look at Jesus' response, Okay. First, we, under, we have to understand her state of mind, and this is uh, put in the Bible for us to understand her state of mind. Martha was distracted. The word distracted uh, in Greek is uh, perisbal, and with all her preparation, dikotnian, uh, distracted uh, in, in the New King, the King James Version, the word is cumbered uh, or encumbered, uh, which actually it means uh, 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 perisbal. You are your mind is put in all directions, very burdened, very, it's all over the place, in 1,000 directions. One moment you're worried about the meat, the next moment you're worried about the bread, the next moment you're worried about the fire, the next moment you're wondering about the water, and then you're wondering why Mary is not around and whether uh, you'll be able to finish on time. 1,000 directions, uh, Paris Bao. Preparation, dichotnian, with all her preparations. Interesting, uh, this word. Because the word means to serve the table, and sometimes it is translated uh, as ministry or even as deacon, where we get the word deacon, diaconate. Do you understand, do you understand this? It's amazing. Her massive preparation was actually part of her service, her ministry to the Lord. And, uh, and that was how she felt. She was worried and upset. While doing this, she was worried and upset. And I want you to, I highlighted the two words here, verse uh, uh, 41 and 42, many things and one thing. Now here is the heart of the problem. Mary was put in so many directions that she forgot the reason for it all. Jesus came as a guest. It's like you invite someone to a party and the whole time you are not with the guest of honour. You are just busy preparing. It has happened to me once. You know, I was touring in Israel as a, uh, uh, you know, well, well, with, with LSBC uh, at that time and uh, one meal was Chinese. And we were looking forward to the Chinese meal. So we went to this small restaurant upstairs uh, with five tables on top uh, downstairs, and then with a, with a busload of people, right, we, we took almost the whole of the top floor and we sat down, and food was immediately served. But when food was placed on the table, it was very obvious that something was wrong because the waitress was quarreling with another woman, which I assumed to be the supervisor. And the, the quarrel was about the fact that there was too much work and there was too little appreciation and that she was angry, that she was always picked on and that she was always misunderstood and it was not fair. That she was just, you know, she, was, she spoke Mandarin and of course we, we understood Mandarin. And she, it was very, very loud. We were having our food and then these two women were just having, it was so unusual. You know, I mean, this is not food court, you know, this is a restaurant. We, we go to a restaurant, we pay a service charge for the the dining experience to just relax. And, and I got a feeling that she forgot about us. That just eat your food and shut up and you were just carrying on the conversation. There. They forgot about us. And I got a feeling that that, that was how Jesus felt. You know, and uh, the guest of honour, but she was nowhere to be seen. And uh, Jesus had to entertain himself together with, of course, the 12 disciples and, and the rest who were with him and the host was not to be seen. So, then let's... I, I feel that Martha was so busy hosting that she forgot whom she was honouring. And, 
Oddly enough, her desire to serve Christ, it was her desire to serve Christ that put her away from Christ. And so the meal became more important than the man. <laughs> you, you see the trouble? Okay, let's move on. The next verse. Let's talk about Mary now. Uh, there are three snapshots of Mary. And every time uh, in this passage, of course, Martha is mentioned. But I want to highlight this. In Luke chapter 10, the passage considered today, Mary was listening at the feet of Jesus. See, always at the feet of Jesus. In the John passage, John 11, verse 28 to 37, Mary was mourning for the death mourning the death of his brother Lazarus, but Mary wept at the feet of Jesus. In John chapter 12, verse 1 to 8, uh, the sisters held a, a meal in, in honour of Jesus uh, for, because of this great miracle. And Mary anointed the feet of Jesus each time at the feet of Jesus. Now, because I'm only given time, and also today's passage is Luke 10, uh, I shan't be talking about the John passages. But, I want you now to look at Luke 10, verse 39. Luke 10, 39. How was Mary first introduced? This is the first time in Luke chapter 10 that we know about this character called Mary. How was she first introduced? She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet listening to His Word. What a wonderful introduction to a person. She could have just said, and there was Mary... Uh, who is the brother of Lazarus, period. That's all. But no, this is the Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to His Word. That was how the Gospel writer wanted to introduce her to us. So let's break it down. Forwards, seated, Mary was still. At the Lord's feet, Mary drew near, close, listening. Mary was attentive to the word. Mary was submissive. Now, don't think that going to sit at someone's feet to listen is easy. It's not easy. If my message is not relevant or interesting or, or whatever, sitting here for 40 minutes is very painful. And there are so many messages that are preached all over Singapore and all the time slots and do we go from place to place to listen, to listen, to listen more? <laughs> Listening is very difficult. It's much easier to, to give a command, to give our views, to give our opinions, to be talking, to talk about the subject we want, but listening is a lot harder. And So don't think that leaving the kitchen was easy and just sitting and listening is easy. I, I, I don't think it's quite like that. Uh, she wanted to. And... But whatever it is, I think that if I put the four words together, still, near, attentive, submissive, if I put them all together, I think I have a description of a worshipper. And so we're going to develop this a little bit. Right? Um, let's look at this a little bit more closely. Do you believe that I'm going to preach a short sermon? Come on, it's only five verses, all right? So I'm going to preach the shortest sermon that I've ever preached in my life. These four sets of words, as I said, she was quiet, gentle, attentive, submissive. Mary offered the Lord her presence. And Mary gave the Lord her attention. This is the posture of worship. John 4.23, you know, when the Samaritan uh, woman at, uh, at the well, uh, he wanted to engage Jesus on the form of worship. Oh, uh, you know, you worship here and we worship in this mountain. And he was talking about the form. And Jesus immediately brought her attention and pulled her back to talk about the essence of worship, which is the substance, uh, the substance of worship, uh. Uh, and, and he said this in John 4.23, the, the Lord, God is looking for true worshippers. And true worshippers to the Lord is defined by a person who knows how to worship Him in spirit and in truth, right? The extreme right uh, column. 
For such people, the Father seeks to be His worshipper. He's seeking, seeking for true worshipper and He found one in Mary. Why? Because Mary's response was like that. She offered to the Lord her presence and her attention. Um, I want to tell you a story about, uh, to, to illustrate how important this is. You know, I've got a, a very good friend who is a Sarawakian you know, from the state of Sarawak, but he works here in Singapore. Uh, his Siblings are in Australia, in Canada, in Singapore, a brother in Singapore, a brother who works in Miri, and then a sister in Kuching, and I mean, they're all over. And she has an aged mother, and for many uh, years, they live in a particular place, and she, my friend thought that it is not suitable for her, her mother, so my friend bought a very big house and gave her a very big room, and she, uh, there, there is a car uh, to fetch her to church. There is a maid to attend to her all day. Uh, and she, he has a webcam. Uh, and not, not, uh, just to check that the mother is well and then to, to speak to her and to instruct the maid what to do. If like the, it's mealtime and the mother is not eating, so she, I, I, I will hear him talk. Um, and then my friend will make all the arrangements, talking to the doctors in Kuching, specialists and not to make arrangements for appointments. And then my friend will go back every month, at least once a month, he'll be there. Sometimes twice a month, the, uh, usually three days, but sometimes five to seven days. You can imagine, if you do that throughout the year, uh, how long would it take for you to exhaust your leave? Very soon. So he will be on no pay leave, and, and my brother understands. And, um, you know, it's very costly in time because this friend of mine cannot book tickets, like book a budget ticket months in advance. It's like, okay, the court work is clear. The diary seems clear. Mom, I'm coming back, you know. And then she would provide the expensive tickets uh, on MES. Uh, and uh, there's work in the office that will not be attended to while she attends to the mother. And... I, I think no one expects that of a son. You know, I, I've lived so many years and I've not seen a, a person so filial. Uh, well, uh, uh, filial people there are, but a uh, uh, son so filial uh, is, is quite rare. It's quite rare. Now, I mean, after all, come on, she, this woman has seven children. Do you have to do so much? But... Well, that, that's a difference. But then, you know, there's a sister in Kuching and there's a brother in Kuching. Can't they attend to, to her? Well, yes. The sister drops by for meals, watch TV and go back. So, uh, the maid cooks her meal, put it on the table and go to her room. So, in other words, I'm saying that they, they are present, but they don't offer their presence. So, can you tell the difference? Can you understand why uh, my friend's mother would talk to him and they would be talking on the phone almost daily and would always say, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? Can you understand? You know, do you know that this is how, in the, re if, if in the relationship, this is how it works? Why, why is it different between me and my father? It should be different, right? And, you know, I was just preparing the message. I was reading the article uh, in, uh, in My Heart's Christ Home. My Heart is Christ Home. An article which I read many, many years as a student about Christ waiting for me every morning because He lives with me. And it just warmed my heart again. God, I, I'm present, but I'm not offering you my presence. You know, um, I want to tell you a, a story, this is real. I brought my diary to tell you exactly what happened. My friend, uh, whom you know, from, formerly from PPH, uh, was, came here from Kota Kinabaru, and he said that, oh, well, Edwin, can I just stay with you for a week? Uh, actually, it's eight days. I said, no problem, uh, but... 
I want to tell you, I don't mean to be unfriendly, but in the month of November, I'm, I will be very busy. I am preaching on the second, and he was going to uh, fly in on the uh, September the 30th, right? So if I have to preach on the second, the whole week on the 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th, 31st, all the way until the second, I would be working in the office until 10. Because you see, I stop work at about 7, put down my work, and I start preparing the sermon. So I say, friend, I'm preaching this week. I will be absent. Is that all right? He said, oh, no problem. So every night I will come back at about 10. I will say, hi. Then I will bathe. I say, I need to knock off now. Then I'll sleep. I'll, and I'll leave for the office usually at 7 and she's still in bed. No happens for a week. And then on Sunday, I think she probably expected, oh, maybe we can spend some time. So I'm sorry. After church, I it's second service, and then I have a, uh, a meal with my clients. And I'll, I'll go to the gym first, and I'll go to the meal. And I came back at 10. And then, hi. Then on Monday, I said, sorry, I'm, I am preaching at the healing prayer service on Wednesday, which means that I have to work the same on the third, the fourth. And then on the third, sorry, I've got healing prayer service where I'm sharing the word. Then on Thursday, I say that, I'm sorry, um, I'm leading worship at the men's weekend uh, on the 7th, and I got to prepare my songs and PowerPoint slides. And then on the 7th, early in the morning, I went to JB, and she was still asleep, and said, I'm sorry, and he left. <laughs> now, uh, but to be fair, I did tell him that um, <laughs> he can't have the house, <laughs> he can't have the flat, <laughs> I'm present, but I'm not present. Okay, you understand, right? Then one day, when I was preparing this message, it suddenly dawned upon me. This scary thought, you know. There's this passage in the Bible to say that, oh, you must be hospitable, okay? Because some people unknowingly welcome angels while they are, uh, while they are entertaining. I say, oh my God. Is it remotely possible that Clement could be Jesus? Now, I'm going to check with him, okay? Because if he comes again, is it, Clement? Were you at my place from 30th of September to that week in, in November? And if he said no, then I'm in trouble. <laughs> well, present and not my presence. Let's look at what is genuine worship. John 4.23 again. True worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. First of all, worship is an attitude and not an action. It is primarily a state of the heart and not of art, a state of art. The essence of worship is being with Him and bringing pleasure to Him, which is what Mary did. Her posture was like that. that uh, there must be a time when I have to leave and Lord, can I spend time with you? Can I be with you? You know, I want you to, I, I want to uh, tell you that if you were to look at Luke 10, you just read the whole chapter, not just verse 38 to 42, not just the last part, you read the whole chapter. Now, this is what I gathered. Luke chapter 10 starts with Jesus sending out the disciples, all right, the 70, uh, to do works in faith. And then, of course, it was a success. After the mission trip, they came back and they reported to him, uh, from also in Luke 10, uh, on the result of their works of faith. And after that, immediately after that, there was a lawyer who asked Jesus what he should do to inherit eternal life. I, I think uh, I've got an impression that he thinks he's... He has got it, and, and so he said, that, well, love the Lord with all your heart, and so on. Well, I think I'm okay, that aspect, but uh, loving people, all right. What, so what, what do you think? Who, who really are this, is this category of people called neighbors? So he just wanted to, to check on the second point, but he, he thinks he has cleared the first. So Jesus took the opportunity, also in Luke 10, to then state the greatest commandment that we have to live up to. 
to love God fervently and to love men wholeheartedly. Actually, uh, to be frank, it is to make a point uh, that it's impossible, you lawyer, all right? It's impossible. I, I, there, there is nothing said that he didn't get it, okay? But anyway, also, then Jesus then, uh, in Luke chapter 10, uh, told the disciples uh, the, uh, this parable of the good Samaritans to, to show the standard that you have to attain to. It's very, very, even if it's said it's not an impossible standard, it is a very high standard. Then it ends with the story of Mary and Martha in Luke 10, uh, 38 to 42. A story with a very interesting twist because so far it has been Wow, great works, great works. This is the standard you need to attain to. This, this is how you should live up to. This is the story of a man, you, uh, which is an illustration of the standard you must attain to. And after that, it ends with the story of a woman who pleased God with faith. What did she do? What did Mary do? What high standard did she achieve? No, she just said, the feet of Jesus, being present, attentive. It is a standard that we can attain to. So actually, there is the gospel message is weaved and developed in, in Luke chapter 10. Do you see that? That salvation is not by works. It is an act of grace. And you, have un- you understand this. It is not an impossible standard. We can all be married. Even the child can be married. Anybody can sit at the feet of Jesus. So, we ask, must we choose between Mary and Martha? No. We don't have to choose between Mary and Martha. Both are necessary. Both are expressions of faith. Waiting and working. The Mary-Martha story just illustrates that, well, I think that well, I, well, I'm just making this my thing that uh, you, you cannot separate the two uh, in the Christian life. They, they are both intertwined. You show your love uh, of, of God by loving the neighbor. And uh, the true love of neighbor grows out of your love for God. They are two sides of the coin. Let me move on and I'm going to end the story. This, this is... This is my summary, all right, of uh, chapter 10, uh, today's passage, that we cannot please God more by more good works. We can only please God by faith. We live the life of faith in Christ. And we must, Christ must remain at the center of our life and ministry, Matthew 6, 33. And if we understand Mary's posture, like Mary, we must start with the posture of worship and then we can receive grace. And when we have received grace, this life in Christ, the life-giving work of Martha can flow. See, so when Mary, Mary got it right, and so Jesus was so pleased, you know, that you understand grace, you understand what it means to be a worshipper. She has chosen the good part. She's the first to understand this. And when you get your priorities right, then everything will be all right. Matthew 6.33, right? Uh, uh, And all these things will be added unto you. And all these things will be yours as well if you seek first the kingdom of God. So it starts with Him. Everybody, anybody can sit at the feet of Jesus. Now, I want to illustrate this with a story, all right? Um, This is the story of a pastor who made a trip to Jamaica and he was leading a group of youth uh, to this particular place and she related the story like that, that um, she went to a local elementary school and just spent time observing the field worker and to see how, how she's doing in the classroom and he said that this class is seriously overcrowded with children and most of them very poor all of them very needy, weakly and noisy and unruly. It was difficult, sometimes even chaotic. Uh, and and the, uh, the learning environment was difficult. But the youth group whom she, was, uh, she led marveled that, wow, this teacher could carry herself with love, with great calm, with patience, and she treated the children with love and respect. 
And this is despite of the chaos and, and the poverty and, and they, are, you know, they, are, they are being too dirty. So in the debrief, uh, so they decided that um, you know, this worker, uh, to do this, uh, she must really love being a teacher. And that's a gift thing, being a teacher. But then to her surprise, the teacher responded. And this is what she said. The few workers said, so sorry, I didn't know that it's so small. The few workers said, oh, I, I, I don't come here every day mainly because I love teaching. I come here every day because I love Jesus. I see Jesus in, in every one of these children. And so this, this pastor, you know, in, in the article that she, he wrote, he concluded that, that that teacher had been like Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. And because she had been a Mary, she could get up and be like a mother to teach those children with joy and with hope, seeing Jesus in the face of them all. So you see, all good works must flow from a good walk. And Mary got it. And that's why she was commended. You go to the source. You know how to start, where the grace is from, who is helping you. You spend time with me, attentive, be with me, be present, and then you seek me first and all these things will be yours as well. Mary was commended by Jesus. Why? Why? Because her focus was right. Jesus is central and knowing that Jesus is the center, she offered her presence one thing is needed, uh, Jesus told Martha, one thing is needed, Mary has chosen the best part. The best part. Uh, I think the best part is with Jesus. We, we have to ask God to help us to understand this. But I want you to uh, look at the words I've highlighted. Mary has chosen. We must choose to go there or it will not happen. I'll give you an example. You know, uh, uh, we have Dicolet meeting once a month on Thursday and I've been, I've sat in many Dicolet meetings in the past. We, uh, we usually end at 10.30. Okay, we, we start at 7.45 and then uh, we have some pastoral prayer and we, we get on to business. And uh, in October, uh, Vincent said that, well, let's just spend an hour in worship. Okay? I was thinking that an hour in worship. Yes. But I was in Japan, so I didn't, uh, I, I didn't know what happened in the October meeting. But then in November, which was just two days ago, two or three days ago, the agenda was that let's spend 45 minutes from 7.45 to 8.30. Let's have a time of worship and prayer. Now, if you, you've got to understand my concern. This is end of the year. We talk about budget. You know, we go through ministry by ministry, how much we spend this year, how much we are going to, to uh, budget for next year. We go item by item. We, we scrutinize. Why are we always, why is this so much? And usually it takes an hour, more than an hour. But before budget, we have to discuss about the kindergarten. And after after that, we got to talk, the, the, the kindergarten, we spent a lot of time talking about the kindergarten, and after that, we talked about the Batam project. It is a big project where we have invested seven, eight hundred thousand dollars there, we need an update, and then after that, the budget. And after budget is AOB. On the bus to church, I was wondering, this meeting is going to end at midnight. But what do you know? Vincent led the worship, and we ended at 8.30, and then the whole meeting actually ended on time at 10.30. Now, we didn't rush through, but it was very smooth. And I thought, yes, we have to choose to be there. It's difficult to choose when you are busy, but Mary chose to be there. And there is a man I want to, you will identify with, okay? Chu Chor Ming and his wife Dion. I read an article uh, about him, and in this article, uh, Chu Chong Ming, by the way, uh, some of the foreigners in our midst, he's a very popular male artist who won uh, one of the uh, contests and then he, he, he took off. 
right? And uh, because of their long hours at work, one in MediaCorp and the other one working in the bank, for both of them, uh, his wife said that long hours at work was the norm. But his wife said something in the article that uh, whether it lasts for a minute or an hour, our time together is always sweet. And he said this of her husband, Chorming, that uh, he, in terms of communication, Chorming never stopped making the effort. And so they interviewed Chaoming. Well, no, you've been married for so many years. How do you do it and all that? And so this is what she said. Well, Chaoming said that, well, ultimately, it's all about what is in your heart and the effort you want to make. Squeezing in the time to make a call is not, not that difficult. You know, I, I, uh, that, that captured me because it talked about choice, right? Mary chose. Vincent chose. And we must choose. Otherwise, it will not happen. Mary chose the best part. Now, I admire Martha. Uh, just two more minutes or three minutes more. I think uh, we... I, I know more Marthas in my life than Mary's. And I think perhaps it is inevitable because life is so busy, so demanding and so action-filled. And we need a lot of Marthas to do the work. But I think that today God is telling us that it is very easy for the martyrs in our midst to lose perspective while serving Him. One can work for God without spending time with God. It's possible. One can host Him, like here, we are hosting Him. We can be here and not here. Uh, God is reminding us that no amount of service for Christ can substitute time with Christ. Now, it is right to serve God, but first, let us wait. We are one month away from Christmas. Can you believe it? This is 23rd of November, and Christmas is just a month away. And there is a Christmas carol that we want to sing again. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive a king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. Jesus has come to Bethany, joy to the world. Mary was there, but somehow Martha missed it, missed him. Jesus has come to our homes, joy to the world. And Every day, He comes to our homes. Let every heart prepare Him room. Let us receive the King. And heaven and nature sings. Then heaven and nature sing. But let every heart prepare Him room. And let us receive the King. And I think that Jesus will come. Uh, he will. Very quietly. He doesn't barge in, but he will come. I'll tell you what I've been doing since uh, last year when I heard a sermon on prayer and, and God really convicted me. I've shared this before, and I will mention this again for the sake of those who didn't hear it the first time. And in that particular sermon about prayer, I felt very convicted that I had neglected the Lord. I was not hosting Him, busy working for Him, but not busy with Him. And so that day I uh, returned my uh, HBO set and Sahab and everything. And uh, what I've been doing now is to, when I'm home at about 9 or 10 o'clock, because I don't have a TV now, I, and I, I don't have a maid, I don't know why I don't have children. It's very easy. Okay, much easier than you. I, <laughs> I have a drink, washed up, I'll off the lights, there will be soft worship music in the background, and I'll be still. I'll be quiet and I'll just I'll, I'll review the day with the Lord. It doesn't have to be very long, you know. It's, it's just being present. And I've been... Uh, well, the, this is a bit quite mad too because I'm preparing this sermon and very kanjong uh, because it's five verses only. How much can I preach uh, five verses? But it came, you know, it came. Just being quiet in the stillness of the morning, in, in the quietness of the night, just conversing with God. It really helps. And from a, a merry posture, I got the mother's strength to serve. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth 
make room for him. Let's every heart prepare him room and let's receive the king. You see? The message is over. And I want you to respond now. Okay? I ask Timothy to come forward because in the stillness, the Lord is here. Joy to the world, the Lord is here. Thank you for giving the Lord your listening ear. It's not me. Do you believe it that the Lord's message today is what I've spoken? Uh, you have given Him your ears. And now, can you let Him speak a little bit more? Let's be still. And then I'll pray. Uh, we will sing this song a little later. But let me just lead you in a time of prayer. Let's pray. Father, Father, there is nothing more important than being in your love and in your will. When you are not in the centre of it all, we know what happens. We know that then life is motion without uh, meaning. Life, church is activity without direction. And our service is just events without, uh, without any reason. It's just so meaningless, so burdensome. We want to reorder our priorities. Like Mary, we are going back to the heart of worship, which is to honour you with our presence and to give you attention. Father, you have taught us that the way of life is to love you with all our hearts and soul and mind, our strength. It's really quite an impossible thing to ask of us, but we know it is not impossible because Mary showed us how by grace we receive and by grace we will live. We can please you. Anybody can please you and we want to please you. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. You are in our midst. You are in our homes. You are in this church. Thank you, God. Let heaven and nature sing. We make room in our hearts for you today. Come and speak to us in the midst of life. And like Mary, we choose. We choose to sit at your feet to listen. Then having heard you, like Martha, we will get up and serve in your name. We will make room for you, Master, and we ask for the grace to be still. And I know, God, that you, the heart is what you observe. You always respond to the heart that chooses you. You are constantly looking for the people who worships you in spirit and in truth. We want to be that kind of a worshipper still in your presence, attentive to your word and submissive to your ways. Lord, thank you for hearing our prayers. And we now close this service with this song, which is really a prayer from our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's rise. Jesus the center of it all. Be the center of my life. 
receive our prayer uh, the service is over and if you want to linger in God's presence for well, this is why I welcome you to sit and be still in his presence he's here